What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grit, Fitness, and Performance Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Sanchez, going with the full name today. And it's an exciting time, or at least it's beginning to uh, become an exciting time because the restrictions from, you know, this COVID pandemic are starting to become lifted. Um, at least they are in New Jersey, you know, elsewhere I know uh, maybe they've already lifted some of the things, but here in the Garden State, they're starting to get lifted. And some of those restrictions that have been lifted have been uh, with regards to restaurants. So we're finally able to get out of the house and we're able to go get a meal with some friends, some loved ones, and it's not inside of our kitchens or it's not via curbside takeout. So it's kind of an exciting time. So I figured I'd take this opportunity to make a podcast about going to these restaurants, but how do you stay healthy? How do you stay on track when you're actually going to these places? Because I know a lot of people can view restaurants as these places where their their goals and their progress just goes and it's completely derailed and they just don't know how to navigate the menus or the social pressures or just how to make the right decisions or what are some of the strategies I can take to make sure that I don't ruin the last three days of hard work that I've already put in. So I've got a list of 15 things that are hopefully going to help you make better decisions and stay on track even when you're going out to these restaurants. So without further ado, let's get started with numero uno. So the first thing that I think most people need to do when they're going to restaurants is to simply remember your why. So if you don't know what that means is when you have a health and fitness goal, one of the best things that you can do to help yourself stay on track when motivation or accountability is low is just remember why you're doing it in the first place. And if you haven't found your why or you're not sure how to go about doing it, just ask yourself, why is this important to me? When you answer that question, ask, why is that important to me? And you just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And typically, you won't find your why until you've asked yourself like four to five times, why is this important to me? Why, 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 why? And you want to find that because it'll basically be your rock, your foundation that all the decisions that you make past that point, they will all be based off of, I need to accomplish my goals because of whatever your reason is. So when you're going to restaurants and you're, you know, tempted by all these delicious foods and your friends want you to, you know, get toasty and they want you to have a good time and there's all sorts of desserts and you know but you know you've got goals and you've got things to reach just remember why you know what is your why and hopefully that can hope or help steer you in the right direction to make some quality uh, decisions so the the second thing that you can do is and I'm personally a big fan of doing this I think it's just because of my personality but um you know, it, it can be very beneficial to um, certain people who are looking to stay on track when going to a restaurant is just do your research beforehand. So a lot of these restaurants nowadays have a website and they have their menu available online and you can go and see what dishes they offer, the appetizers, the main dishes. Um, do they have a whatever, like under 500 calorie menu? 
Um, if you're super lucky, you can even find out how many calories are in each um, dish that they're serving. And that can be super helpful for, you know, number one, the obvious reason it tells you how many calories are in the dish that you're thinking about getting. But number two, there's a lot of dishes out there that are masquerading around as healthy options. Um, like take, for example, a Cobb salad, which, you know, is of course super delicious. Who doesn't love a salad with bacon and eggs and whatever else is in a Cobb salad? Like it's all sorts of like delicious things, avocados and, um, you know, a, a, what might be deemed as a healthy dressing, but I'd be willing to bet that that Cobb salad has more calories and more grams of fat than most cheeseburgers on that menu. So, you know, it, it's a good thing to see how many calories are in certain meals because sometimes what you think is healthy, um, maybe not be, you know, it might not be in terms of how many calories it has in that, um, you know, specific dish. Um, you know, you might be able to find out how some foods are cooked. So are they baked? Are they deep fried? Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good things that can come from doing your research uh, beforehand. And when you do that research and you find out what meal that you want to get before you even walk into the restaurant, you have a set plan, you know what to get, and you won't be, or at least you'll be less likely to be swayed by you know, random delicious smells that of course you're going to run into when you go into a restaurant or, you know, you see the, the waitress walking by with some sort of delicious something or another and you look and you're like, Ooh, what is that? Like, you know, you, you still might have some of these thoughts, but at least now, you know, you have a plan, you have a, a game plan going into this and you can stick to it and hopefully, um, make some, some good decisions. So the third thing you can do is um, seems kind of counterintuitive that you're going to a restaurant and you might want to do this, but if you're really concerned about um, you're going to make some bad decisions and go overboard, is just eat a healthy snack beforehand or eat a light meal before you go to the restaurant. And the reason for this is simple. If you eat before going to a place where you're going to eat, you're not going to be as hungry and everyone and their mother knows that you make worse decisions when you are hungry that's why they tell you do not go grocery shopping on an empty stomach because you're going to see something and you're going to make a decision to buy it based off of the fact that you want to eat it right then and there and then you know when at another point when it's already in your house and you go and look at it you're not hungry anymore and you're like oh what a stupid decision that was why did i why did i buy that so you know, if you get invited out to a restaurant and, um, you know, you don't really want to go because it doesn't really line up with your goals or whatnot, maybe consider just eating um, a little something, something before you go out there, curb your hunger, and hopefully you'll be able to make some better choices. Number four, hydrate before and during your meal. So this kind of goes off of the same point as the last one. So when you hydrate before and during your meal, uh, number one, it's going to help keep you fuller, more satisfied throughout the entire meal. Um, simply for the fact that it's going to be, you know, the liquid that you're drinking is going to be taking up space in your stomach. You won't be able to eat as much. And if you're not sure about this one, you've never really tried it. 
um, do an experiment. Next time you go to eat an unhealthy meal at a restaurant or just even at your house, drink a full glass of water before digging into your meal, and I'll bet you $3,000. I don't know why 3000 It's the first number that popped into my mind. I'll bet you $3,000 that you will not be able to eat as much food as you would be had you not drank that glass of water. So just make sure that when you're at the restaurant, you're drinking plenty of water before the food comes out. You're drinking plenty of water as you're eating the food, um, especially if you ordered something that is perhaps not in line with your goals. You gave in to peer pressure, uh, whatever it may be. Number five, so maybe practice some mindful eating. And basically what that means is exactly what it sounds. Just, just try to be mindful of certain things while you're eating your food. So take time to enjoy the flavors. Um, take time to actually enjoy each and every single bite. Savor the flavors. Um, slow down when you eat. Take in the ambience. Take in the company that you're with. You know, Participate in any conversation that might be going on. Um, just really try to be mindful. So if you've ever watched like, uh, like a puppy eat, that's the exact opposite of what mindful eating is. They don't even, they don't chew, they don't breathe. They literally inhale the food and it's gone in like 12 seconds. Um, I once watched my mother-in-law's Shih Tzu eat a hot dog sideways in one bite. Like it, like he sucked it in and it like collapsed and then you just inhaled it. It was really impressive. I was like, I gave him a pat on the back, and I was like, "Wow, I'm blown away." That was that was really impressive by you. Um, not healthy for a Shih Tzu to eat an entire hot dog, but he did it. Um, you don't want to be that Shih Tzu. Don't do that. Don't inhale your hot dogs. Um, you know, super fast. That's. I mean, don't eat hot dogs regardless. But yeah, you, you know what I'm trying to see. Be be mindful. Enjoy enjoy the flavors. Enjoy the food. Take your time. Slow down. Um, and it'll be that much better for you going forward. Number six, this one might be common sense. Um, avoid all-you-can-eat buffets. So I'm not even sure if there's that many in New Jersey. Um, I personally don't even like going to them anymore because once you've gone to an all-you-can-eat buffet in Las Vegas, every other all-you-can-eat buffet, by comparison, at least uh, near me where I live, just complete shit. Um, shout out to Wicked Spoon in the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, if you've, uh, it's, it's amazing. Every, every dish you get, um, was like an entree that you would get back in New Jersey. It was like you were sampling, you know, 50 different entrees that a chef cooked specifically for that one. It was, it was so good. So good. If you ever go to Las Vegas, I highly recommend it. Um, but avoid all you can eat places just because, you know, overindulging and binging is basically encouraged. It's like, you know, you go there and you eat until, you know, you can't feel feelings anymore and you're you're going to vomit. And then you take one more bite just because America. Um, and um, it's it's not good. You can easily overconsume hundreds, if not thousands of calories um, in places like this. So, you know, especially if you have a weight loss goal or a fat loss goal, um, definitely try to avoid these places because it's not going to be, you know, the best thing that line up with your specific goals. So number seven, customize your meal. So I think this might be one of the most important things you can do if you're going to a restaurant, um, just for the fact that you are the paying customer. You are giving your money to the restaurant to cook food how you want it to be cooked. And I know some people are bashful and shy about 
you know, asking, oh, can you not cook my food this way? Like, I don't like it that way. No, you be the most demanding motherfucker that you can be because it's you're you're in charge. You're the boss. You are El Jefe. You are the boss. You're the paying customer. You get your food how you want it to be. Don't worry about being that customer and they're going to do something to your food because you had a specific request. Like That's why you're at the restaurant in the first place. So if you don't like something or you want something swapped for something else, ask for it. Most restaurants are going to be very accommodating because they want you to come back and give you more money. So they're not going to tell you to fuck off because they don't want to accommodate your specific request because they're not going to make money in the long run and they're going to shut down. They want you to come back. They want you to spend more money. They want you to eat their food. They want you to spend time in their restaurants. So don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't want French fries. Can you give me some broccoli instead? Or can you give me some green beans? Or can you not cook, you know, my dish this way? Can you cook it this way? Or whatever it may be. Don't be afraid to individualize it and make requests. It's their job to cater to you. And if they say no, don't go back there anymore. What kind of restaurant doesn't take, you know, into consideration what the client and customer wants? That sounds like a terrible place. Or... It's probably like some really uppity place where the chef thinks they're better than you and they think, oh, my food can only be eaten this way. Like, he, yes, he's a, he probably cooks good food, so he probably knows what he's talking about. But what a douche. Don't let him do that. Um, number eight, ask for your sauces, your dressings, and your dippings on the side. So I don't know if I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I know I've written about it um, on articles or just via social media. <clears throat> sauces and you know dressings and dippings can be some of the worst culprits of hidden calories known to man. Some people might think that they're relatively healthy because they're on a salad, but these sauces, condiments, dippings, whatever you want to call them, can really sabotage any progress you're trying to make. And it doesn't really seem like it would be the case, but a lot of them are loaded with oils and mayonnaise based and it's just a lot of grams of fat and not a lot of food at all and a simple you know serving of dressing can add hundreds and hundreds of calories to your meal so you're going to want to watch eating these things so ask for them on the side and one of the things that you can do especially if you've got something like a salad is you can practice I don't know what it's called I'm going to call it the forking method it's where you dip your fork into the dressing or the dipping sauce and then you know pierce your food or whatever you're about to eat and you'll still get some of the flavor on you know your meal or whatever food item that you're about to eat but you're going to cut down way 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 on the calories just because it's not as big of a serving size and I me personally I know if I've ever ordered like a salad or something with a sauce on top of it some of these places can absolutely drown your food um, in the dressing or whatnot. And it personally, it's a huge turnoff for me. Like it's, there's more dressing than there is food and it's just completely gross. Uh, not all places are like that, but I've, I've had my fair share of places that do that and it's not fun, not fun at all. So ask for those sauces on the side. Number nine, skip the free bread. I know that's going to annoy a lot of you know a lot of people out there to hear it because who doesn't love to just snack on the free bread especially if you go to like a, a real good like Italian place and they've got the um, 
extra virgin olive oil with the seasonings on top and the fresh bread comes out like right out of the oven and it's warm and soft and trust me i get it i love it too i could eat a whole baguette with that stuff and certain places the bread just tastes amazing um what is it like texas roadhouse or something like that and they serve like the cinnamon butter on the rolls and oh so so good um so amazing but honestly, it's going to add a lot of calories to your overall meal without really leaving you satisfied in the term of making you feel fuller for the most part. So you're going to want to skip the free bread in the beginning or just the free whatever they give you. Honestly, the way I view free bread is I'm not paying to eat that food. I want to enjoy and I want to eat the food that I'm actually paying to receive. So don't give me your free bread um, give me my food. That's typically how I view it. Um, but skip the free bread if you're looking to cut the calories. Number 10, get a soup or a salad starter. So a lot of these places will give you the option of ordering like a small bowl of soup or getting a small house salad, uh, before your actual meal. And as long as you get the right types of soups and the right types of salad, it can be a good way of making sure you stay full and satisfied without taking in excess calories. Um, so I would make sure the soups are, you know, more of a broth-based soup and not like a creamy clam chowder type of thing. And if you do get a salad, just go with a house salad, um, skip the Caesar salads as they tend to be more calorically dense without giving you as many nutrients and you know munch on that before your food comes and of course practice the the forking method you know fork you um, dip your fork into the dressing before you dive into that salad or if you have a pretty good idea of what a portion size is for salad dressing you can lightly drizzle it over the top um, but if you're not sure just try the forking method um, it's pretty good who doesn't love forking honestly so next one, number 11. So aim for, depending on the type of restaurant that you're on, but you want to try to aim for tomato-based sauces versus your creamy sauces. So let's say you're invited to, you know, uh, an Italian restaurant and really the only thing they have on the menu is like a lot of pastas or whatnot, which will probably never be the case. But let's say you're just really craving pasta and you just have to have it one night and there's nothing wrong with that. But I would aim for the tomato-based sauces instead of the creamy sauces because a lot of the creamy-based sauces um, are going to be loaded with calories compared to the tomato-based sauces. They have a lot more fat. They typically have a lot of cheese and butter blended into them. And while they taste absolutely heavenly, I'm not going to deny that, um, they're going to add to your waistline um, you know, just as fast as they add to your level of satisfaction as you're eating it. So if you're ever in the mood for pasta and you're at an Italian restaurant, just, you know, steer clear of the creamy sauces and try to eat only the tomato-based sauces and you'll be uh, in a much better uh, position to keep your goals on track. So number 12, be wary of any health claims that these restaurants and the menus might be promoting. So a lot of food companies will do this as well where they're labeling something as a health food or lower calorie or lower fat or, you know, fits a healthy diet or whatever it may be, you know, that might be true, but they might be using it in a context of, hey, this is healthy compared to the old version 
of what we were serving and it only has 75% of the calories compared to that thing. So it still has 40,000 calories in it, but compared to the old 50,000 calorie meal, this is pretty healthy. So, you know, (laughs) restaurants and food companies, they want to make money. They don't want to see you become a better, healthier person. I mean, okay, they might. Like some places are probably genuinely do want to see that happen. But for the most part, the, the bottom line is they, they want to make money. So just be be aware that there might be a you know underlying uh, theme to what they deem healthy versus what you deem healthy. So you kind of have to do your research, tip number one, two, I don't know which one that was. Do your homework beforehand and see if their health food actually is healthy. Um, don't just blindly assume that you know the food that you're going to be eating is actually good for you because someone else claims it was good for you. Um, that's like you know a strange man in a windowless van telling you, hey, get in. It's going to be fun. Don't take his word for it. You know what I mean? might not be a good time for you. (sighs) Where are we at? Number 13, pay attention to the wording on menus. So what I mean by that is words like buttery, creamy, breaded, stuffed, smothered. Sounds like my online dating profile. Um, Be aware of those words. All those words are usually indicative of high fat, high calorie, not good for you. So again, buttery, creamy, breaded, stuffed, smothered. Those are going to be the words that indicate, yeah, this meal might be super delicious, but it's not going to be all that great for you. Instead, look for words like grilled, broiled, baked. Um, Those are going to be indicative of something that is cooked in a healthier manner. The methods used are going to... Um, result in less calories. They're not deep fried in, um, you know, fat laden calorie containing oil, and it's just going to be better for you. And again, if something is deep fried, don't be afraid to customize it. You're the paying customer. Tell them, I don't want it deep fried. Bake that shit and give me what I want, and they'll they'll do it. <clears throat> Number fourteen, plan for some sort of activity after you get done at the restaurant. So it doesn't mean you have to do a full-fledged workout, but it does mean maybe you go for a 15 to 20 minute stroll afterwards, or maybe you uh, go straight from that restaurant to some local shops and you walk around and window shop or actually shop. I don't care. Just plan for some sort of activity after dinner. Um, I forget the exact statistic on it, but I'm pretty sure they say like a 15 to 20 minute walk after you eat a meal does just a good job of controlling blood sugar levels as a shot of insulin would. So, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits that come from a post-dinner walk. That would be my recommendation. Just get up and walk for 15 minutes after you uh, are done with that meal and you can... Number one, start to establish some good long-term habits. Um, Just get into the habit of doing that after every meal. But number two, you can also kind of offset some of the calories um, after you eat it. And number two, you know, God's honest truth, you won't burn a ton of calories just from going from a 15-minute walk after a restaurant. 
But if you know you have some sort of activity after your meal or after you're going to be going to that restaurant, it could kind of sway your decision to get something maybe perhaps not as heavy in your stomach. So I'll use myself for an example. I used to play, um, I still do, got canceled this year because of COVID, son of a bitch, um, indoor soccer every Friday night. And Friday night used to be a night where my in-laws would offer to take us out to dinner and we'd go and sometimes the meal would run pretty close to the start time of the games. And I knew I was going to be running around sprinting and cutting and jumping and, you know, doing all sorts of activity that if I ordered something super heavy, number one, I was going to be sluggish as shit and probably play awful. Uh, But number two, I'd feel awful too. And I would, you know, probably run into a stomach ache or some sort of discomfort along the way. So on those nights, I usually opted for something lighter or I didn't even eat the entire meal or sometimes both. Um, And I did notice a a big difference in how I felt, how I moved and how I played after those. So plan some sort of activity after you get done that restaurant or really any meal um, that you want to kind of keep yourself in check for. And it's a really good way to, you know, help stay on track. And then last but not least, number 15 Stick to your nutrition pillars. So if you've ever heard me talk on social media or you've ever read some of my stuff via a blog, you'll know that there are certain things that I preach when it comes to nutrition um, in terms of them just being the foundation for your success. So number one, stick to water all the time. Number two, prioritize protein at every single meal. Number three, fill up on produce, which is basically your colorful vegetables. And then number number four, which I don't really ever talk about because I think the first three are more pertinent for a lot of people, is try to fill up on your satiating carbs. So that doesn't mean your pastas and your breads and your ice creams and your cookies. Um, it's more along the lines of your potatoes and your, your rices. Anything that has like a decent amount of fiber Um, or a slower digesting carb will kind of fall into that category, as do non-starchy vegetables. Um, But as long as you stick to these nutritional pillars when you go out, only drink water, prioritize your protein, so don't look at the menu, you know, searching for pastas or searching for something. Protein should be the main star of your dish, Make sure you're getting plenty of non-starchy, colorful vegetables and make sure you fill up on that. So again, swap them out for maybe a not as healthy side and then stick to your satiating carbs and you will be good to go. Just stick to your guns um, and don't just use the restaurant as an excuse to just let your hair down and overindulge. That's what children do. You're not a child anymore. Unless you're a kid and you're listening to this podcast, in that case, good for you. I guess just depends on how old you are. Um, but go outside and play if you're a kid and that's it. So there you go. 15 tips on how to stay healthy. Now that restaurants are starting to open up and you can go out and socialize with your friends and family again. So use these tips when you go out and hopefully it can help you stay on track to help you get that beach body, uh, lose weight or whatever goal it is that you have. So again, if you like this podcast, do me a favor, go to Spotify or Apple podcasts, leave us a review. Written ones are really good too. Um, Share it with your friends, your mom, your grandmother, whoever. 
And uh, check us out on social media too, Grit Fitness and Performance on Instagram and Facebook. So with that, I will bid you adieu. Or is it adieu? I don't know. I don't know how to speak French. <laughs>